Attention, adoring fans. Back to more John Chuckery. Hey, folks, how you doing? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with you on John Chuckery Show. Live in the Kia Studios. Friday night with you. Final hour of the program is the start of the Brown Liquor Music Hour. You know, we get down on Fridays. We haven't done a show on Friday in so long that, you know, listen, we brought the dance party back. I mean, it's been such a long time. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't. Gotta get funky. Yeah, don't, don't do that. You know, uh, don't. Uh, 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 can I tell uh, you that uh, you weren't uh, alive when uh. this song and album came out and everything else? But anyway. It'd be like that sometimes. Yeah. Actually, Michael probably had about four or five solo albums before you were born. Really? What year were you born? 96. All right. So he had um, so he had Off the Wall. He had Thriller. He had um, uh, Bad. Um, and then he had, what? Uh, I think Black and White was out before 96 as well. Dang. Yeah, look that up. Michael's doing okay. I, yeah. I look it up. Michael's yeah. doing a lot of work before I was yeah. born. Yeah, well, I mean, he, you know, he's he's only been performing since he was like nine years old. You know, and he's with his brothers and Jackson Five and all that good kind of stuff. But anyway, 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond Text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey apps how you catch us on the go. Social media is at 929 the game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm at JMSH316. He is at underscore. Dylan Matthews. You want to get in your list for 1040. We will do a rank them coming up then. And uh, we will be back on uh, we will be back on Monday for I think until 930 because of uh, Hawks uh, basketball. So uh, as the Hawks are in Portland and they have this West Coast road trip, we'll have a few more shows, but you know, there'll be some shorter shows. So Seven to nine thirty on Monday and things like that. Yeah, five albums out before I was born. Okay, yeah. Well, I, I knew I knew four of them. So um, yeah. So he had his story past, uh, past and pre- past, present and future. Well, that's a, that's a greatest hits album. Isn't oh, it? okay, that is yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah. So he just had dangerous. Is that a solo album? Oh, dangerous. Yeah. That that's the that's the one with black and white. And yes. all that On there. Dangerous, yes. bad, thriller, and off the wall. Yes. Yes, that's the four albums and then a greatest hits album. So Okay, yeah. that was the greatest hits album. So, okay. Yeah, so four or five albums before you were even before that came out and before you were born. And then a greatest hits album before I was born. Mm-hmm. He had a greatest hits well, before I was then, born. And then he had albums with his brothers. I mean the Jackson yeah. Five. I mean, yeah. you know, back in, in the seventies. Yeah, back in the late sixties, early seventies that he was yeah. doing and he had solo songs in between the Jackson Five and his solo. Like Ben. You remember Ben? Jeez. I the, don't the, remember Ben. Remember the movie Ben? No. Okay. No. I didn't think he did, but um, <laughs> with with the mice and all that kind of stuff. I remember, I remember Oz. Pet, pet mice and all that. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Let's get to a uh, college football roundup. It's time for the college football roundup. A complete look at all the collegiate football action. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Well, how about one year after winning the Broyles Award as the top assistant coach in the country? Former Michigan offense coordinator and most recently Miami of Florida offense coordinator, Josh Gaddis was fired today. Now, you talk about going from the penthouse to the outhouse in a short amount of time. Think about it. So last year when Michigan makes the playoff, right? They go to to the semifinal, they get blown out by Georgia, but 
Gaddis was the Broyles Award winner as the top assistant coach in the country. And in one year, he's fired from Miami of Florida. Now, they were not a very good offense, 86th in the nation in total offense. Um, Obviously, Tyler Van Dyke, their quarterback, did not play well. Uh, He had 1,844 yards, 10 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Um, Then he finally got hurt, and they had three quarterbacks after that. But obviously, there's a lot of dysfunction down in, you know, Coral Gables with with that program. I mean, you know, maybe they should have fired him, but how do you go from being the top assistant coach in the country to one season later, you're canned? Obviously, he either, you know, didn't know how to coach offense or he was a really good offensive-minded coach that he could win the award as the top assistant coach in the country. Crazy, 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 crazy. But, you know, again, that's why Miami's probably in the shape that they're in at 5-7, and seven, that they just can't get out of their own way. All right, an audit of LSU's football program, they uncovered an overpayment of a million dollars to Brian Kelly in 2022. So Brian Kelly in his first year, LSU, it says, accidentally overpaid Tigers football coach Brian Kelly by a million dollars during the first of his 10-year, $100 million contract, but discovered the error and has moved to correct it. Now, look, what that means is they're going in your bank account. Now, not like he can't afford it, but... He was, how does this happen? He was, first off, Kelly was overpaid a million dollars, a million and $1,368 in supplemental payments in 2022 because of duplicate payments made to both Kelly's LLC and the coach directly. So let me ask you a question. If you're Brian Kelly and you're getting these double payments, you don't know, you don't know the kind of, like, at that level, do you just not know what kind of money? Because, look, I, I know every dime when I'm going to get paid and, and how much it is and this, that, and the other. You mean to tell me that they, that Brian Kelly had no clue, no idea that he was being paid all this extra money and double payments were coming to him? Guess when you got that stupid money, you don't keep track. Yeah, I guess. Says LSU management and the head football coach have enacted an adjusted payment schedule, so the amount of overpayment will be recouped by the conclusion of the fiscal 2023 year. Well, that's good to know. I mean, I I've had an overpayment on a check before, okay? And I promise you, I reported it right away. Like I, when I was at Scotts, when I was for the Scotts working for the Scotts Miracle Grow Company. They over they overpaid me and some other people. And I was like, well, wait a second. This is this is not what my normal pay is. And I'm not due for my bonus or anything like that. Don't you have those kinds of questions for I, I'm not saying that there's an integrity issue, but you know when you've been overpaid that amount of net dollars, right? And now it's just kind of coming out, oh, I I, I didn't know. I I, I I I got all of these checks and they were overpaying me and uh, 
It must be nice that I have to tra- keep track of that kind of money. Like, it's just so much money that's rolling into you. It's rolling into your coach. It's rolling into an LLC. There's probably some offshore funds and things like that. Something in the Cayman Islands, you know. If LSU got all that extra to overpay, they can they can give me some. Or if if Brian Kelly's getting all that extra, he can give me some yeah, too. Yeah, really. Share I the mean, wealth. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, if we're if we're just you know overpaying people, right? By a million. I mean, not even like you know, okay, maybe ten thousand dollars or something like that. A you whole million. It. A million. Like you notice that kind of money? Like when it if it was like ten grand, okay, paid out in installments over the life of your check. You wouldn't even be able to track that at, 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 at that kind of money. But when you're overpaid a million net dollars, there's something fishy about all of that kind of stuff. Anyway, um, four Michigan State football players are facing misdemeanor charges for the skirmish inside Michigan State. And remember that incident with Michigan and Michigan State that was in that tunnel where it's the dumbest thing they they put both teams, they enter and exit both teams through that tunnel. Um, they will likely have their cases dismissed in exchange for community service and other conditions. Quote, uh, this is from Max uh, Manu. How do you say this? M-A-N-O-O-G-I-A-N. Manujin, an attorney for one of the defendants, he said, quote, if it's going to happen outside of court, there's going to be no criminal responsibility whatsoever. There are no admissions being made, no pleas being rendered. So back on October 29th, you know, you saw Michigan and Michigan State players getting into it, punching, pushing, kicking. One guy had his helmet off and was swinging his helmet uh, all around. Um, seven players were charged. The one was charged with a felony. That charge was dropped in early January in exchange for a plea to a misdemeanor, and his record will be scrubbed scrubbed clean if he stays out uh, of trouble on probation. Again, this was a dumb thing that, you know, these players should not have been going back and forth through the same tunnel where they're all congregating together, um, something that, you know, the the programs need to fix and all of that. And FanDuel has got uh, its odds out for – who will win the national championship this coming season? So, who do you think is uh, number one? Who do you think's got the best odds to win the national championship? Georgia. Yep. Who's number two? Clemson. Nope. Bama. They're they're one, two, three. They're sixth. Clemson's sixth. Well, they're tied for fifth, actually. Tied for fifth. Who's number two? Bama. Yep. Who's number three? Ohio State. Yep. They are uh, third at plus seven hundred. Bama's at plus 450. Georgia's at plus 250. And then who's fourth? Fourth's a little tough. It's probably not Michigan, right? Michigan is fourth. Oh, it is Michigan. So it's Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, and then Southern Cal and Clemson are plus 1,600. So plus 250, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, Georgia's going to be the number one team in the nation. They're going to be. They're going to be the clear-cut number one team in the nation, even without Stetson Bennett and and losses that they'll have on defense and things like that. They'll have a top-flight quarterback. They've got plenty of skill position personnel coming back. They'll be good on their offensive line, and their defense just reloads at this point. Like, they just reload. You know, like, it doesn't matter. You know, it's like Alabama. It doesn't matter how many guys that, 
you know, you seem to put into the NFL and, you know, lose and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, they weren't they weren't pounded on hard the way Texas A&M is uh, with the transfer portal either. You know, A&M, you know, had the transfer portal. And, look, even, even with Georgia, you know, the Ra-Ra Thomas situation, you know, they got two of the better wide receivers within the conference to come play for them. So, you know, look. Georgia has its pick of the litter of these kids right now. You know, it's the number one program in America. It's the best program in America. You know, they are the they are the the you know the top of the top of the heap. You know, cock of the walk or whatever you know you want to say to all of it. But um, they'll be the favorites going into next year. They'll they'll be the favorites, and especially with Bryce Young and Stroud and some of these other guys, Michigan's going to be very interesting because. They've got Blake Corum coming back. They've got McCarthy coming back. They've got some pieces on their offensive side of the football that's coming back. So we'll see what happens with them. All right, when we get back, if Desmond Ritter is the number one player that has to step up, who's number two for the Atlanta Falcons? We can take your calls at 404-741-0929. That's both the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line, and we'll take your phone calls as well on all of this. Also, hit us up with a rankum list for 1040. Chuck Ray in the Kia Studios, Sports Radio 92 on the game, the Odyssey.com app. You are my shining star, my guiding light, my love that I see. There's not a minute, hour, day, or night that I don't love you. You're at the top of my list, cause I'm always thinking of you. So who is this person? It's John Chuckery. Are you sure? Sports Radio 929, the game. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show. Hanging out at the Kia Studios Friday night with you. Take it to the top of the hour. JR Sports Brief coming up after us. 404-741-0929. That is the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app, you catch us on the go. Social media is at 910 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm at JMCH316. He is at underscore Dylan Matthews. You can get us a rank'em list. We will do rank'em coming up here at 1040. So have a little bit of fun before we get out of here for the week. Good to be back this week uh, with everything going on. So good to finally be back and uh, back in the uh, fold with everything. So if we agree that Desmond Ritter has – you know, how do I say that Desmond Ritter is the player that needs to step up the most for the Atlanta Falcons this coming season. And, you know, I don't, I still don't think that they're going to be in the mix for the Lamar Jackson and, and different things like that. Right. I don't, I don't think that they're going to be in that mix or whatever like that. So we, we will assume that till there's something drastic, we'll assume that Desmond Ritter, you know, is going to go into Training camp and all that good kind of stuff is potentially being the starting quarterback for this year. But who is number two for the Falcons? Who is the who if Desmond Ritter is number one on the list of guys who need to step up, who's number two on that list? Now, uh, and we can take your calls at 404-741-0929. I think that it's Arnold Ebicady. That Arnold Ebicady is the guy that's got to have that step up year. And he's got to prove that he can be a viable pass rusher. Now, last year, Ebicady had a 64.5 p- 
PFF grade. They say here in a write-up about Ebikati, Atlanta's offensive players have already broken out, or at least we know that they're what they're capable of with a real quarterback, but the defense is lacking players, obviously primed for future success. Ebikati managed 28 pressures across 303 pass rushing snaps in his rookie seasons, and he tallied 14 defensive stops on the year. His best game came in his first and only start, uh, an edge rusher in a position that can have a transitional period, but there's not much data that says he's a likely breakout candidate, but Ebikati is a talented draft prospect, so it's certainly plausible. Now, I do think that he is the guy that's got to break out. Besides Ritter, he's number two on my list. And look, at some point, you know, We've got to fix our defensive line of scrimmage. We have to be able to sack the quarterback. I mean, all the things that we talk about round and round and round and round, we never are better at. Part of that is defensive philosophy. Part of that is the players that we select. Part of that is, you know, development, player development, right? And Ebicady's a guy who was the 38th pick of the draft, second-round pick from last year. Certainly was a productive player, at Penn State. So, I mean, I did not have a problem with the pick. Certainly is a productive player. He had two and a half sacks. So, at least he could do something to the quarterback. But with all due respect, like, you know, for instance, George Karloftis, you know, a guy that a lot of people, you know, didn't like or didn't want. I wasn't as sold on him, but even he had six sacks for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, again, playing for a better franchise and some of these other things, but, again, you go get the quarterback, and if that's what your job is, then, you know, you you do that. But I, I really hope that he develops into maybe not an elite pass rusher. I don't think he's ever going to be Bosa or, you know, Khalil Mack or, you know, Miles Garrett or, you know, one of those kinds of guys. But if he could be a regular you know, seven to nine sack guy, maybe maybe one year where he has 10, 11 sacks. And again, I know that's Vic Beasley level. And, and we'd kill for Vic Beasley right now, you know, to be able to have, you know, eight, nine sacks for this franchise. But if he can develop into that, then, okay, what do I always say? Get to 40 sacks. If you're, if you're going to be a defense that's playoff caliber, turns a corner, you know, tries to sneak into the top 10 and all this kind of stuff. We talk about your run defense, pass defense, all this other Michigas, but you have to sack the quarterback. And 40 is that magical number. It's not coincidence that the two teams in the NFL that sack the quarterback the most are the Chiefs and the Eagles, probably, or the Eagles and the Chiefs, I should say. They're one, two. They're probably the two best teams in the NFL. And the Rams were third in the NFL in sacks last year, winning the Super Bowl. The Buccaneers were fourth in the NFL in sacks the year before that, winning the Super Bowl. Those things all coincide with one another. Those things, you want to be a good defense, you want to be a team that can make a run at it in the playoffs and, you know, go far, you have to be able to sack the quarterback. And if Ebicady doesn't develop, then, you know, we're right back to square one. Because the reality is, you don't want to get into where you try to solve your pass rush year in, year out, through free agency. You can sign the complementary piece to your anchor 
but you're not going to solve your pass rush until you get young and cheap and have one of those guys that, you know, doesn't cost you a gazillion dollars, outplays his contract. You know, again, we look at the, the four teams out there. You know, Bosa was drafted by, you know, Chris Jones drafted by his team. Now, you know, the one exception is Hendrickson for, you know, the Sam, uh, for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. And, and he was a guy who came over, you know, he, was, he played last year, came over from the New Orleans Saints, and he set the franchise record in sacks. We don't really have those kinds of guys. And, frankly, a lot of those guys that you pay for when it comes to free agency pass rushers are guys that, that you're living off what they did in the past, hoping for future results. There's a lot more Dante Fowlers than Trey Hendrickson's running around in the NFL. There's a lot more Ray Edwards than Jared Allen's running around in the NFL, right? You have a lot more of those guys that don't ever live up to what they were in the past versus the guys that, you know, could do it for a long time. Jared Allen versus Ray Edwards. They were on the same team, right? And the uh, the Chiefs had Jared Allen, and, you know, he went to Minnesota and was a complete game wrecker. We got Ray Edwards over here, and he couldn't do anything. Couldn't do bupkis. So you get into a dangerous situation where, uh, look, look at even Dante Fowler, right? Dante Fowler is a perfect example. You know, you paid for what his previous success was, but it never translated into future success. At least if you have guys that are young and cheap and things like that, you can squeeze out of them what you can, you know, and then you re-sign your guys that are in your system and everything else. But when you have to try to go down the free agent road, you spend a lot of money for guys that may not always deliver. You know, I mean, we had one of those guys that delivered. John Abraham was a trade. You know, we made a trade for John Abraham. Came over from the Jets, and he was a terrific pass rusher for us. But there's, you know, let's be real. There's a lot more Dante Fowlers and Ray Edwards in our history than John Abrahams, right? And again, we'd kill for a Vic Beasley right now. With a year of 15 sacks and then even, you know, consistently seven to nine sacks for a three-year run. We'd, we'd kill for that, considering where we are. I mean, literally, that would be more than a third of our total. It would have been half. If, if we'd have had a guy with eight or nine sacks, it would have been half of our total from last year and more than a third of our total from this year. So I think Ebikati is the guy that has to find a way to step his game up, and I think he becomes vitally important. Because, you know, look, I still think you draft a guy that can get to the quarterback at number eight, and you partner him up with, you know, Ebikati and your number eight draft pick. You start those two guys on the edge, you know, and you roll the dice. But if Ebikati can't develop, you're going to negate some of the ability that your number eight pick have unless you unless you find a way to find Micah Parsons in your draft. If you find Micah Parsons at number eight in the draft, you can change up the dynamic of it. But if you got a guy that, you know, again, part of what made Dante Fowler so bad 
is the fact that Stephen Means was even worse, and so you could take away Dante Fowler. You know, that's how Ray Edwards thrived in Minnesota. When he was on the other side of Jared Allen, Jared Allen would go get his and, and crush quarterbacks, and Ray Edwards would clean it all up. And I think he was a, I think he was a 10-sack guy at, at one point when he was in Minnesota. And then when he came here and he didn't have Jared Allen next to him, it's like, oh, okay. Gee, that, this is a lot different when we when we don't have these kinds of guys here. So, and, and that's why we talk about the 49ers. Look, the 49ers, the Eagles, you know, they don't just have one guy. They don't just have Bosa. They've got Eric Armstead. He's a double-digit sack guy on in the interior of their line. And Varner and Art and Key who can get the court. I mean, all those guys, right? They had, uh, what's his name, uh, Benson Buckner, you know, for all those years before he went to Indianapolis. And then when you look at the Eagles, you know, Montez Sweat, Javon Hargrave, Hassan Red, you know, they don't have just one guy who can disrupt your, you know, defensive line of scrimmage. They have multiples of guys. When you have one guy that's, you know, whose ability is to get to the quarterback, you can take those guys out when you don't have anybody else. But if you have Ebicady that can develop, you have Grady Jarrett, you get the number eight pick in the draft, and that player develops. And look, whether you have a, a Taquan Graham or you, you get a Deron Payne or whatever like that, you can't have too many of those guys. Can't have too many of those guys for your roster. All right, let's grab uh, one quick call here before we uh, get to break. Uh, Beth out in Marietta. What's going on, Beth? Hey there. Um, okay, so it's not a player that I think that needs to develop, but it's a coach, and it's Dave Ragone, because I just don't – I don't think he's utilizing our players. I, I, You know, looking at the targets for Drake London and Kyle Pitts, I, I, I think we need to develop our coaching staff. Um, I'd be curious to hear what you think about that, but well, we haven't. We I have, want to see. I want to see our offensive play calling develop. That's well, what I want. But that—that's the head coach, though. I mean, see, Dave Ragone is the OC, but Arthur Smith is your play caller. That—that's your—that's your play caller. So, uh, unless we move on from Arthur Smith, he's—you know—I don't think that he's going to anytime soon, you know, turn over the duties of of play calling and everything like that. Now he may eventually, you know, if he's here long enough, and and you know he stays around and he says, you know, okay, I've got to focus on other things and stuff like that. We've seen coaches do some of that, but Arthur Smith's the play caller for right now. Dave Ragone's the OC and he develops players, but Arthur Smith is the guy who's got the card in front of him, his placard in front of him, and, you know, he he's the guy calling the plays. So I don't know that that's going to change anytime soon. And that's why, you know, for instance, the guy that we just hired, Ryan Nielsen, you know, to be our defensive coordinator. You know, the only thing that that scares me a little bit with him is he's never been a DC before. You know, he's not the not been the play caller for a defense. Yeah, he was code DC last year, but he wasn't the play caller for defense. You know, he lined guys up and you know, he's their defensive line coach and you know, he kind of come up with some of the schemes, but he wasn't the in-game play caller for the, the New Orleans Saints. So that's, again, that's the only thing that scares me about, you know, having Ryan Nielsen, you know, uh, out there. But we'll see what happens. But, you know, Arthur's the play caller. Arthur's the guy who, you know, that's what he's done and that's what he's, 
you know, feels like he's best at. So we'll see what happens. All right, rank him coming up here in uh, a few minutes. Chuck Rennikia Studios, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, Odyssey.com app. It's been three weeks since you were looking for your friend. The one you let hit it and never called you again. Remember when he told you he was about to bend your man? You act like you ain't him. They give him a little trim. Back to more John Chuckery. This party's gonna rock. Make Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show. Head to the top of the hour in the JR Sports Brief coming up next. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. Odyssey apps you catch on the go. Social media 929 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. At JMCH316. He's at underscore Dylan Matthews. We used to have a little bit of fun on the weekends. Pick Randy's brain, pick Hugh's brain. Sometimes I would give him a list of things to put in order. We decided to steal it, and we call this segment Rank Em. All right, Chuck. You know where we got to start. We got to start with our national days today. We have some interesting ones, uh, interesting mix. So today, National Chocolate Cake Day, and I'm going to name all of them before I give you the rank them because there's too many to rank. But yeah, because, so yeah, there's uh, like of, seven. One of these is – well, one of these is – well, I don't want to say weird, but, I mean – it's it's like Vietnam Peace Day. Yeah. Um. So you yeah. know, <laughs> and then it's like chocolate cake day. Right. Like it, that, okay. I mean, like how do those two things? Like it's Vietnam Peace Day. It's is it National Holocaust Day? Yeah. Ho- so Holocaust okay. Remembrance okay. Day. So they have Holocaust Remembrance Day. Yes. Vietnam Peace Day. Yes. Chocolate cake day. Yes. And then also, okay. how do they exactly <laughs> group these things together? I don't know. But wait, it, it gets weirder. So, National Chocolate Cake Day, also National Fun at Work Day, then also World Breast Pumping Day. Then we get weird, and it's National Holocaust Remembrance Day, Vietnam Peace Day, and then to close it out, National Big Wig Day. So, Vietnam <laughs> Peace and Holocaust. And, and Big then, Wigs. And, and, and then we're Chocolate Cake and, and Breast, breast Pumping, pumping. So, oh, God. Here, here are the ones I want you to rank. Chocolate Cake Day, National Fun at Work Day, National Breast Pumping Day, National Big Wig Day. We'll leave the Holocaust and Vietnam peace yeah, out of this. Yeah, uh, again, um, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, listen, National Big Wig Day. Um, I don't know if it's literally involved wearing a wig. Well, the people but- in the... The people in the picture, they ha- they do have on wigs. Okay, so I, I still go with yeah. Big Wig Day, pump your breasts up, um, <laughs> a good piece of chocolate cake. Oh, yeah. And, you know, listen, we have fun at work no matter what. Like, we celebrate that every day here. That's right. That's right. All right. So, with it being National Chocolate Cake Day, in honor uh-huh. of that, rank these type of cakes. Chocolate cake, vanilla cake, Red velvet cake or carrot cake? Well, red velvet goes number one, and good carrot, red velvet cake and, is. And carrot mm. cake goes way. <laughs> carrot cake goes number ten. Um, yuck, carrot cake. So I'll do uh, chocolate and then vanilla uh, because carrot cake is way way down the list. I like a good German chocolate cake too. Is yeah, good too. Yeah, good German chocolate cake. All right, from our buddy Marco on my Twitter page, rank these WWF or E eras. Uh, the Golden Era, the Hulk Hogan Era, uh, the Attitude Era, Ruthless Aggression, or Current Day. Well, listen, I always go back to the Hulkamania days. 
Um, that's number one for me when I was a Ute. Hulkamania, Savage, you know, Iron Sheik. I mean, all those guys. Tito Santana, Ricky Steamboat, all those guys from that era. Uh, that's when I was a kid in, in a Ute and going to the Canton Civic Center to see uh, wrestling. Uh, Attitude era for sure. I mean, Rock and Austin and all those guys. Then I'll take current day over ruthless aggression because I was not a big fan during that time of the WWE. And, you know, I was never a fan of John Cena. I mean, I just I was not a big fan of his. So, you know, um, it is what it is uh, from our buddy Alan Jeffrey Newsom on twi- on my Twitter page. Worst gimmicks in WWE history. The Repo Man, the Goon, Duke the Dumpster Drose and, and T.L. Hopper. T.L. Hopper was ridiculous. Like, T.L. Hopper won um, Duke the Dumpster Drose 2, then um, the Goon 3, and I actually kind of liked the Repo Man when he repoed Randy Savage's cowboy hat. Like, that was one of the first draws ever. <laughs> That's so, funny. Uh, from our buddy Albie Cohen, Dick Vitale. This is a good list. Dick Vitale, Jay Billis, Bill Raftery, Billy Packer. Oh, boy. Um, that is a good list. I Listen, I go Billy Packer, man. I, I love Billy Packer. And, you know, I, again, I grew up watching Billy Packer. Um, I'll go Packer 1, Raftery 2, Dick Vitale still goes number 3, and Jay Billis number 4. All right, Peter, Mr. Packer as well. He just uh, passed away last night, I believe it was. Yes. So we're talking about having fun at work since it is national fun at work day. So, mm-hmm. we're going to take it this route. Say you were Hall of Fame caliber at each of these sports. How would so you're having fun at all these sports because you're dusting everybody up and working everybody up because you're so good. How would you rank these sports in the order of how you know what you want to be? A professional baseball player, professional NBA player, Professional NFL player, professional NHL player. So you're having fun at, uh, at ba- all of these. Yeah, ba- baseball number one. I mean, okay. I've always wanted to be a baseball player. Yeah. So uh, professional baseball player. So that's always number one. Um, NBA number two. Okay. Um, and then NFL number three. And I'm not being a hockey player. They, <laughs> those guys lose like eight or ten pounds a night. Uh, yeah, that's you know, crazy. sweating and skating and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I'm I'm not I'm not Oof. up for all of that. All, all right. right. Um, okay, go ahead and give me uh, one more because I'm I'm, okay. I'm googling these names on here. So uh, all right, I have to go- I have to Google these names on here for okay. this list. Google Google away. I have a feeling I kind of know what's coming. But yeah. Google away. All right. Championship weekend this weekend. Yes. Final four, so we're going to rank them. Who is most likely to win the Super Bowl? How do you rank them? Eagles, 49ers, Chiefs, Bengals. Um, Eagles, Chiefs, Bengals, and then 49ers Okay, is how I list them. All right, now, from uh, the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line, Holly Pierce, Sophie Reed, R-E-A-D-E, Alice Goodwin and Jordan Carver, because I had to look all of these uh, up. So I will take, uh, or ready, maybe it could be. Um, I'll take uh, Alice Goodwin, number one. I will take, uh, let's see here. I will take, I will take Holly Pierce, number two. Jordan Carver, number three. And Sophie Reed, or ready, or 
ready ready for something. Uh, uh, number four. All right, uh, quickly here uh, from the um, from the uh, uh, text from my my Twitter page actually from the uh, real Matt Ryan. Rank these teams that never won a conference title: Buddy Ryan's Eagles, Jim Morris Saints, Jerry Burns Vikings, John Robinson's Rams. Man, those Buddy Ryan Eagles teams were monstrous. And and you know I've talked to Harper LaBelle because he played on those teams. Uh, he played for Jerry Glanville, and then he played for, you know, Buddy Ryan and the Eagles and all that. I, I I put the Eagles up there, number one. I'll put the Saints number two. I'll put the Rams number three. And I didn't think those Jerry Burns teams were very good about, uh, you know, they were a very good uh, franchise. And quickly here, from our buddy Rusty on the uh, Solomon Brothers Diamond text line, rank these characters from Smokey and the Bandit. The Bandit, Cletus the Snowman, Sheriff Buford T. Justice or Sally Fields character Carrie? Um, without a doubt, the snowman. I mean, without a doubt, number one is the snowman. Like, that's the guy I would want to be, would be the snowman. Uh, so he's number one. I'm guessing he wasn't an actual snowman. I said that as a joke because I knew I knew I knew I would get that reaction out of you. Uh, Sheriff Buford T. Justice two, the Bandit three, and I didn't really like uh, Sally Field's character and all that kind of stuff. All right, what you got? All right. Speaking of uh, rank them, and well, not rank them, but we were talking about the NFL here just a second ago. Who is most likely to win the MVP after the finalists were announced not too long ago? So. Not everybody's in this list, but we're going to go with the quarterbacks in this list. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Jefferson, also a finalist, but we're just going to go with the quarterbacks. So, Allen, so Allen, Burrow, Hurts, Hurts and Mahomes. And what was the other one? Mahomes. Mahomes. I, I, Win MVP. I, listen, he may not have the numbers. I still give it to Jalen Hurts, number one. Yeah, I think I, so, too. I, I, I Again, he was the quarterback for the best team in the NFL. And they were the best team all year long, yes, without a doubt. exactly. Yep, yep. In a tough division. I mean, yes. I think everybody was 500 and above yep. in that division. And three of the teams made the playoffs. Right. Um, I'll, I'll vote Mahomes, too. I mean, he's he's outstanding. I mean, his, his year is, again, another ridiculous type of year. I will take Josh Allen, number three, and Joe Burrow, number four. Okay. On that on that list, yeah, because Joe Burrow obviously he has a lot of weapons, which he's still great, but he does yeah. have a lot of a lot of weapons, and he has a good, pretty good uh, defense. Think, you were I talking about too. That, I think at times that Josh Allen really carried that team. Oh, I most mean, definitely. I mean, he was their running game yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. So, um, all right, one more here for you, Chuck. We were given our top ten superheroes that we would want in an Infinity War type right. fight. Right. So I'm going to give you four of the more stronger characters from the Marvel and DC universe. How do you rank them? Thor, Superman, Jean Grey, Captain Marvel. Uh, Superman 1, Captain Marvel 2, Jean Grey 3, and Tahor number 4. He goes down to number 4. You always so. put Tahor 4. Yeah, Tahor. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, that's ranking for a Friday night. Wrapping things up uh, here on the uh, John Chuckery Show. Hand it off the uh, JR Sports Brief up next with the Love TKO. Sports right now to the game. Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio 92.9, the game, wrapping things up on the John Chuckery Show. Good to be back this week, man. Good to be back in the fold and uh, everybody, uh, you know, appreciate everybody uh, out there and all the well wishes and everything like that. 
Before we get out of here, though, handing off JR Sports Brief, let me let you listen to what is the greatest opening lyric in all of music history. So we will be back on Monday. We'll have a little shortened show. It's going to be a little bit of an odd week um, next week because we uh, will have a short show on Monday till uh, 930. Uh, then we get you ready for Hawks basketball. And then we'll have a full show on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, actually, we are doing, um, I think, until 9.30 as yes. well, uh, 7 to 9.30. We're going to have a special um, National Signing Day show. So it's going to be myself. It's going to be Chris Parker. It's going to be uh, Sam Crenshaw. And Chris Goforth is going to join us. And then I believe, is Day-Day producing the show? or I'm producing the show, but Day-Day is going to be – a part of it too. He's okay. going to help, uh, kind of put together guests and okay. whatnot. Him right. and Sam are going to put heads together and try to get signees on and things like that. Good. Okay. All right. So we got a special show on Wednesday, and then um, um, you know, with the Hawks on the West Coast and stuff like that. I don't think we're on. We might be on Thursday, but we're not on Friday. So, but anyway, we got our National Signing Day show coming up uh, here on Wednesday, and then a couple of short shows. With uh, with the Hawks bat with Hawks basketball out on the West Coast, so um, you know it's that time of the year where you know you get uh, some oddball you know NBA types of schedules and uh, and things like that. So, but uh, anyway, we'll be back here on Monday for you. So again, uh, good to be back. Um, you know, certainly uh, you know felt uh, a lot better and feels like it's kind of coming back to me now. You know, honestly, like I was sort of nervous about how this was going to go. This week, I mean, I was a little bit nervous, but once they discharged me from speech therapy and all that kind of stuff and just kind of getting back in the flow of this, and I've been doing full episodes of my podcast and everything, so kind of just felt like, okay, let's let's get back on this horse, and, you know, we stumble and bumble a little bit, and, you know, we forget things and stuff like that, but otherwise, you know, feel like I'm pretty good, uh, pretty good shape, so anyway, thanks for all of the, uh, the well wishes and everything like that, so it's... Uh, it's been a good week and uh, and getting back in the fold. So, all right, we got to get out of here for Dylan. It's Chuckery. We'll see you, AMF. Have a change of mind. Taking the bumps and the bruises of all the things of a two-time loser. See, I try to hold on, my faith is gone. It's just another sad song, and I think I better let it go. Let it go. Pause it. Just like a